You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome everybody to episode 66 of Two Goalies, One Mike with our live reaction. The Tampa Bay Lightning have just advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, they just got done with the handshake, and I believe they just awarded the uh, what is this? Uh, the con- Prince, not of the, um, <clears throat> Prince of Wales trophy. Yep, the Prince of Wales trophy. Um, absolute fandomonium in Tampa Bay tonight, uh, throwing out their like tennis rackets, wherever they were all over the ice. Uh, absolutely, uh, you know, not the most exciting game you could possibly see for a game seven to get to the finals. But um, I would say Tampa Bay probably dominated the game from start to finish. What do you guys think? I'm joined by Sean and Malcolm from the Point Shot Podcast. How you doing? Yeah, you know, to me, a game seven, it has to be close. The ones that are uninteresting are the blowouts because, you know, even down to those last seconds, something could have happened. So, you know, to me, like it was certainly better than a Tampa blowout. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, if you're really watching the game, uh, th- there were a few opportunities there for the Islanders, but it wasn't exactly close. Uh, you know, Varlamov and their you know defensive system kept them in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, Tampa is, is a juggernaut. I'll, I'll take my first opportunity to uh, mention their 19 million dollars over the cap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, cheaters and, are cheaters. And, and when cheaters you have right. that kind of top end strength. You know, like look at their third line. Just you know, <laughs> you know, we, we've been talking about some of their third liners for you know potential first liners for us. Yeah. Um, you know, they're like they're a hell of a team. It, it's you know, and, and Vasilevsky. You know, you, you can look. You almost just have to look into his eyes in pregame and go like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the thing that I found He's not missing anything. Yeah, yeah, like the dirty ones. It's so hard to get the dirty ones on them, and, and that's of course you know the Islanders kind of bread and butter. And of course, what so many teams do rely on in the playoffs is, you know, just greasy, get the puck to the front of the net and just bang something home. I noticed very few, if any of those against Vasilevsky. And I think that's one of the things that make him, you know, the best goaltender. And he's certainly paid uh, accordingly. Um, But uh, yeah, like, you know, best of luck to Montreal. I I can't tell you 100% because I'm still one of the, I don't want another Canadian team to win before us, guys. Uh, I know Sean disagrees with Bring me. Bring us over. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm too bitter uh, <laughs> to allow another Canadian team to be truly happy like that. So, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. It's, you know, for this one, it's, it's going to be a, you know, how do, how do I feel in my gut uh, as soon as puck drops during that first game? You know, I'll, I'll find myself cheering one way or the other, and, and then I'll really know. For me, like... Montreal was probably the only 
other Canadian market that was happy for Vancouver in 2011. Like the, there was no way any Habs like respecting Habs fan was going for Boston in that series. Right. No. So to me, like I have an exception in my heart for Montreal because they were there for us. I'll be there for them. Any other Canadian market can go screw themselves. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Vancouver or Montreal or bust. Um, and I also don't like, um, I like underdogs and Montreal is the absolute epitome of that. And Tampa Bay is as close as we can get right now to uh, like what the Golden State Warriors were in basketball for a few years, right? Uh, where you just have this absolute juggernaut, uh, absolutely no flaws, top to bottom, just a perfect franchise, way over the cap, uh, but sit, managed to make it all work. Uh I'm all in on the Habs wagon and I've been all in on the Habs wagon since the, the Leaf series. Cause I just, I thought it would be so funny for them to collapse yet again, but to, uh, to a historic legacy rival. Uh, <laughs> and they, they haven't disappointed at all. Like they're 11, two and oh, or 11 and two since uh, they were down three, one in that series to Toronto. They lost more games against Toronto than the other two series combined. Montreal's rolling, and I I love it. Like, have you seen that meme that uh, you know is the like you know epic huge dominoes, and it's you know Galchenyuk <laughs> turns it over in overtime. Yeah, and now it's you know Montreal <laughs> in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> My favorite thing is that Leafs fans genuinely believe that they would be in the Stanley Cup Finals if they had won one more game against Montreal. That they think that they would have just mowed through all these teams exactly the same way. And that Montreal didn't just put on like an absolute defensive clinic for two full rounds against some highly offensive teams. Like now, of course, that's part of the salt that I enjoy, though. Right? That they <laughs> yeah, that they still amazing. have that glimmer of hope. Like, oh man, like this could have been us. We were this like, close. That's yeah. what'll make it. You know, if they do win the cup, you know, that much more painful for those Leafs fans <laughs> that they're uh, one game away from because glory. oh, yeah. you know, it, it could have been us if we were just you know won that one overtime. To me, yeah. like you can't say that it was almost us when you lose in the first round. Like, sorry, it was not even close to being you, actually. <laughs> you won three games. They won 16. It wasn't even close. <laughs> uh, it, you know, I, I thought that, honestly, I thought the series was over pretty much after they shellacked them 8 nothing. Um, yeah. What was that? Would be game that five? Game was five. that game five? Yeah. yeah, that was insanity. You don't see hockey like that very often in the playoffs, let alone a, com- a you know a conference uh, finals. That was that was you know hockey that you expect to see from a team nineteen million dollars over the over the salary cap. Again, a bunch of cheaters, um, but it's uh, you know um, I expected Tampa honestly to be here. I, I didn't expect the Montreal Canadiens to be the team on the other side of things. But hey, you know, I we mentioned to Sean before uh, the show started. It would have been nice to see an old school Islanders Habs matchup in the finals. But I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you want to see the very best players in the world play each other, and that's what you're getting here. Uh, you know, with the uh, Lightning, and you know, again, a very underdog ha- uh, Montreal Canadiens team. You know, if you look at the pieces, though, that you really want to construct a team, and, uh, you know, I know, of course, going back to, you know, what we were talking about the last time we were all together, uh, you know, they have that strength down the middle, and I think that's the difference between, you know, this Montreal team versus any previous Montreal team, 
And then I think it goes without saying, you know, the other two pieces you want on that is your absolute stud of a defenseman. I think it goes without saying uh, who that is and, you know, to have that incredible goaltending. And I think it goes without saying that they're getting that from uh, from Carey Price right now, too. Uh, so, you know, I, well, I have a friend who lives in Montreal and every time, you know, he wins a series, he's like, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, no, and like, no, dude, you're going to get absolutely crushed. And, <laughs> and of course, this was the big this was the big hammer was the you know, no, it doesn't matter what you, you know, hey, like, good for you for winning against Winnipeg. That's awesome. Massive accomplishment for your team. But you've got Colorado or Vegas coming for you and like they're, you know, it's going to be embarrassing. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Carey Price Demko's a game and, uh, and then it's five games. Uh, but that was max, max, max what I gave them. Uh, so, you know, I said to him this time, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm done doubting the Habs. And he's like, no, like, you know, this is, this is you, know, <laughs> you got to keep doubting them. This is, this is part of it. <laughs> so. Well, honestly, I'm in the kind of the same boat. I've I've doubted them, but hoped in them every round. Like I'm like I would love if the Habs won, but honestly, like how could I believe that they would? And then they go and they do it in spectacular fashion, either with a enormous uh, game seven up upset or a sweep, or absolutely stymieing the offense uh, from one of the best lines in hockey. Uh, relegating Mark Stone, who I have as a top five player in the league, to zeros across the board. Uh, like uh, huge shout outs to their system and how they play because they are so opter- opportunistic. Like they will lure you into a trap and then pounce on you and counterattack so fast. And they've got all the weapons in place to to execute that exact game plan. Um, that they just kind of lure you into their style of play. And it's going to be interesting because I actually think as I think that they're fairly well matched against uh, Tampa in the way that Tampa likes to play a speed game. Most of the time they like to play a high flying game. They're very high octane offense. Montreal loves playing those types of teams because they shut them down and counterattack them so well where they run into challenges and where Tampa is going to be exceptionally difficult is that they have so many weapons throughout their entire lineup and that they have Vasilevsky in that that's not going to be given up anything easy uh, at any point. So it's going to be interesting. And I thought in game six, that was probably Vasilevsky's weakest performance. There were a few uh, saves there. I think he probably wish he would have had back, especially the, the most glaring one, the Mayfield goal. I even said it to a buddy of mine. I was texting first. And he was like, you know, before this game, Vaskaleski has to be the nine and a half million dollar goalie tonight because he wasn't in Game Six. Um, that's why you're paying him that much. And everybody knows my opinion about what, pay, what what to pay a goalie. I never agree with paying a goalie more than six million dollars a year. I guess there's a few goalies that you know you you do pay that much if you think about it. Um, you know, it's hard to argue against what Tampa's done with with yeah. With there are exceptions every rule, right? Yeah, but again, I've been my my biggest. My biggest, biggest example of why you don't has always been Carey Price, but now maybe he's going to prove me wrong there. Maybe they finally get one home. They get they get the cup to Montreal. I don't know, but um, this is going to be a fun goalie matchup to see in the finals. You know, you couldn't ask for two, possibly the two best goalies in the world right now in Carey Price and uh, Andre Vasilevsky. I think the Carey Price thing is really interesting because he he has been spectacular, but he hasn't. Like he's stolen them a couple games for sure, 
but I would give so much credit to that top four D and their system of play. Like that top four D does not allow very many grade A chances right in front of Carey Price. And any of those like carries carries on it, right? I I would say like like how many times did you feel that there was just a, a high octane offense that was overpowering the Montreal defense or their defensive structure? Well, there was often, and, right? and, and yeah, Sportsnet at least up here did a pretty good job of uh, you know showing little graphics of you know teams top six or teams top lines and you know zeros or you know ones across the board, uh, suffocating your your boy you know Philip Deneau, uh he's he is going to get paid this summer, uh, and you know hey it, you hope that he can kind of keep this play up, but he is a twenty nine year old, so to me he's a he's a buyer beware, but. He's uh, to me one 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 of the guys that a team's gonna break the bank on, and uh, and be happy for a couple years and then regret it on the back end. I I got into an interesting discussion a little bit on on uh, Philip Deneau because he's such a unique player. Like he does bring some offense, but he's really only like a thirty to forty max point guy, right? But he suffocates offense from the opposition so well. Uh, that he brings majority, the vast majority of his values from that. And I was trying to think of a player comp that he reminded me of. And in discussions, a few, a couple names came up, like Manny Malhotra. But I, I think that Philip Dono has more offense than Manny. Agreed. Um, Guy Carboneau is the guy who I thought of. Um, and Yeri Lettinen out of Dallas was another one that was brought up, which I actually really like that comp as well. But he's such maybe a unique player, right? Maybe it's just because we're on a Sabres podcast, but I'm thinking Chris Drury. Chris Drury definitely comes to mind for sure. That's Chris a Drury was comp. a guy. He was a guy that, like, he wasn't flashy. He wasn't, you know, but he always found himself in the right spot at the right time, always scored the clutch goal, you know, and at this moment for him was, uh, I believe, one. Uh, I think it was his last run with Buffalo in the playoffs. Uh, he, he got a really bad cut, like, right around his eye, and he was out, like, literally one shift later. Got stitched up, came back out, was really, like, a polarizing player in that respect. Again, but it wasn't very flashy like we had back then with, like, Danny Briere or Tim Conley. But I can definitely see the comparison there. Yeah, I, I think that's a great comp, Malk. I, I didn't even think of Jury, but you're right. He would be a really good comp. I think Jury might have provided a little bit more offense, if that's fair, because like, there was oh for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have said Jury's or sorry, Breer's. Oh, sorry, yeah, okay, sorry. I, you know, of course, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I don't uh, certainly have uh, Chris Jury's stat lines memorized. Uh, yeah, probably a little bit more, but but close pretty up. close. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to find a perfect comp for any player. So. Yeah. <laughs> as much as we try to get Cam Robinson. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Do you no. know this, Dwayne? If you ever have you know scouts on, the thing that they hate more than any other question is asking for player comps of prospects. Yeah. <laughs> Really, what is this going to remind you of? Who is he going to be like? And they're like... Because the, you know, to, to them, it's so much <laughs> more nuanced and complicated year. than that. And, you yeah. know, to go like, oh, it's going to be this guy is, you know, just like the massive oversimplification of, of what they do. So it's just yeah. kind of like, it's like, uh, like, you, like you can, I don't know if you know, if you listen to podcasts with him, I, I hear like an audible sigh 
at any time, <laughs> <laughs> especially at Cam. So I absolutely love hammering him on it. My favorite thing is that you always get ridiculous player comps. Like it's always like this guy's the next Peter Forsberg, and then it's like why? Because he does his shootout move, and you're like, okay. <laughs> well, did you see? Did you see TSN's player comp in their last mock draft? No. They had a guy and a you know Russian guy going twentieth to right. Boston, and the player comp Pavel Datsuk. Like, really? <laughs> I oh, retweeted it. I'm like, I'm like, well, <laughs> shit. Maybe this guy should be going first overall. Why is he slipping to twenty? <laughs> One of the most Datsuk? skilled players of all time. Yeah, yeah he's I, going twentieth overall. Like this a player that I'd add to uh, to my <laughs> team. I think I may take him higher than twenty. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say there's like maybe one guy in the whole league right now that reminds me a little bit of Pavel Datsyuk, and that's Patterson. <laughs> uh, but that might be a little biased. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, Pavel Datsyuk just his hands were so so magical, man. Because you see some of these shootout goals he used to have, man. The only th- the only player, in my opinion, that I could think of hands wise would probably be Kane, right? Like. Kane mm-hmm. can stick handle like a little. I know it's cliche, but the guy can stick handle himself out of a phone booth. That's who could do, and just did magic with the puck on the ice. It was just like, you know, even if the team is bad, you go there to show up to watch that guy and see what he could do. Oh, yeah, that's how exciting of a player uh, Pavel Datsuk always was, man. I loved that. Uh, I think it was even today. Somebody was recirculating the clip of Pavel Datsuk just eliminating Logan Couture with a few deeks and just setting them right on his ass in the corner. And it was like, this was Couture's birthday. (laughs) Welcome to the league, buddy. And I was like, Ooh, wow. (laughs) Like he made him look like he didn't belong in this league or the league below. Uh, That's who just had ridiculous skill sets. It was just, I I don't know if there's many other players that were as much of a treat to watch in the defensive zone. Like not even, not even on an offensive rush, and you'd just be dazzled by what Dazuk was doing. Well, yeah, that's why I wouldn't make the the comp ever. But on the offensive zone and the and the hands, you know, obviously our boy Bure too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, those kind of quick movements. You know, it, it's one thing to be able to skate that fast, but to be able to process that fast. Uh, there's only a few among them, of course, Connor McDavid as well. Uh, I was just going to really say, yeah. Yeah. yeah, why do we forget that one? Well, yeah, I was gonna say McDavid. I is always the most forget about McDavid. I, yeah, yeah, it's harder here in the Pacific right. Division to forget about him. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dwayne, what's what's going on in Sabres Land? What's the latest? What? Uh, you mean you, you don't want to keep talking about you know Stanley Cup final the old predictions and yeah? You know what you want? You want <laughs> well, to we made them. You really want to dig right into that? I mean, I'm in a uh, celebratory mood. Habs are in the final. This I is get, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic stuff. I mean, come on. Like, All right. who, 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 why, why on earth would you want to talk about Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres Sam Reinhardt? And, you know, what's to come? Like, who wants to talk about that? Hold on. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know what? While, while we're doing this, I'm going to throw out – I don't know if you saw my poll, what I, what I put out there for fair trade, what I thought was a fair trade. The only hitch that I can see is what Malcolm brought up that – there was a no trade clause involved, but Eichel to Vegas for Willie Carlson, Cody Glass, Peyton Krebs, and their first round pick. That's a lot of talent coming back. It's your four pieces. You know, my, again, 
but does that really put Buffalo back in the driver's seat and being a competitive team? I mean, there's a lot more that needs to be done. And that's the thing is just like, I kind of want more futures. You know what I mean? Like I love, I like glass. I love the idea of bringing him into Buffalo. Before we get into that, we are joined by Jennifer Shafero. Hi. Hey. I just got some email to show up. So here I am. How's it going guys? Yep. yep. uh, Now we know why he's been texting. Yeah, we weren't uh, interesting like, enough, so he's been texting this whole time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Somebody's got to produce the show. Somebody's got to produce the show. So, yeah. Um, but no, definitely too many guys in this guys in this uh, stream. So we definitely had to bring in uh, a female perspective. Uh, what did you think on tonight's game seven, Jennifer? You know, we had. Uh, Again, not the most exciting Game 7, but like Malcolm said before you came out with us, you'd like these games to be close, and that's exactly what we got tonight was close, even though Tampa Bay kind of dominated start to finish. I mean, yeah, when I, I kind of missed the first period. Um, yeah, I missed the first period. I came in halfway through towards the end of the first, um, and I noticed the low shots on goal for New York, and I'm like, someone want to tell them they're in a Game 7? You can't win a hockey game unless you shoot the puck and score goals, right? So I think uh, Tampa came in with the mindset to win, and New York did not have that. Um, I think the last 15 seconds of the game were pretty exciting, though. Oh, I mean, you can't, you can't <laughs> ever go wrong hey, with them. Glenn. <laughs> and that's, of course, the key to the the you know close game is that even down to the last seconds, of course, it can be exciting. You know, that Lightning did have kind of two or three chances there. Uh uh, sorry, getting sidetracked by what's going on at the bottom. Um, this was a point that I made uh, in our in our little group chat when we were discussing that proposal. But, uh, anyways, um, yeah, you know, you, you didn't really miss too much, thankfully, in in the first half or the first period. Uh, but uh, you know, you're absolutely right. It, it seems like the Islanders were playing not to lose. Uh, you know, they're like, okay, the longer we can make this a zero zero game. Uh, the better the chance we have of winning. And, of course, as you said, uh, you know, Tampa Bay came in guns a-blazing to win that game. And, uh, you know, with, with Vasilevsky, sometimes you don't need many. It's true. Is, yeah. Do we have any, like, Tampa fans in here or New York fans in here? What's going on? Oh, no, I not saw at cats all. Of us, we're, we're both Canucks bad. fans. We do have an yeah, Islander fan. We do have, a, you know, we can't see him. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, shaking right now. Rob Ryan from Train Rock Sports has just joined with us from Islanders Nation. Uh, again, can't see Sorry, anything. Buddy. I don't know what's going on over there, but Rob, thanks for coming on. No problem. Yeah, you can't really see him in a car, but yeah, I can hear you guys. Awesome, awesome. Just so keep tell your me, eyes on I, the I road. Know, I know yeah, you. Yeah. How are you taking it? Don't worry about the video. <laughs> yeah. Don't, uh, you know, We're good. don't. We're good. Yeah. Again, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've been kind of riding this train of the Islanders here at Trainwreck Sports because we're kind of living through both Rob and and uh, Cats, even though I give them a lot of shit throughout the season about boring hockey, this boring hockey, that. But hey, you know, it, it, they win. They win with that system under Barry Trotz. And uh, you know, what is your reaction to this right now? Because obviously, you know, we've been again living living through you guys. Just curious on uh, how you guys are feeling right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's painful right now. I mean, I'll I'll eventually get over it. I mean, we did not think with when on when Anders Lee got hurt in February or March, we did not think we'd make it back all the way back to the uh, one win away from the Stanley Cup Finals. Even more than we did last year, 
it's painful right now, but I mean, you can't be mad with this, how this team has turned around the last three years. Three years ago, we were at one of our lowest points. We brought, we bring in Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz. We lose John Tavares and look at us now. We're one win away. We were one win away from the Stanley cup next year. We'll get our captain back and we'll see what happens next year in a complete season. And I mean, hopefully we can get back next year and, but we're, we're with a new stadium next year. It's, it's a bright future. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Or Long Island. And, you know, throwing a little extra uh, salt in the Leafs' wounds there, you know, taking John Tavares from you and uh, and being able to turn around on them like this and, and you know, be that much better in, in the, you know, the years that have followed. Uh, we thank you uh, over here from Vancouver. <laughs> nah, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I have a Leafs fan in the car right now, and he's, like, celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> don't is celebrate yet yeah, Montreal's fan? still there yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's uh again it was you know it's been difficult for me I'm not a guy who can really stay up late uh it, it's difficult for me honestly to even make it past 10 o'clock uh I will admit last night uh when um <laughs> Montreal advanced uh, to the finals, I uh, I conked out. Like if you if you're paying attention to the live tweeting from uh, two goalies on Mike's account, they kind of randomly stopped after the second period because I felt I, I went out like a light on my couch until about three o'clock in the morning. Woke up and I'm like, oh, I did it again. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, tonight I I I made sure I you know had some coffee in me and I stayed up throughout it. And obviously, we're here right now. But, um, you know, I, again, this was classic, you know, shutdown, you know, defensive hockey uh, for the Islanders. You, you would have liked, I, I, I think where they really lost this game was in the neutral zone. Um, I think they, they got dominated by Tampa in the neutral zone. Tampa jumped on a lot of their mistakes and they could just really never get anything going offensively. Yeah, I mean, that... Uh... That was just a, a lazy effort for at least 58 minutes, honestly. I mean, other than the shorthanded goal where they really didn't need to double-team someone in the corner and Palms was just really deep there and then left that guy wide open. It was a solid defensively game for the Isles after that, but too little, too late, it happens. That's game seven, and there's a reason why Tampa is the team that they are. They, they played great all season long, all series long as well. And Vasilevsky's one of the best goalies in the league these last couple of years. So, you know, give credit where credit is due there. That guy just sees every puck, every puck. And it was really tough for us to get anything going in a neutral zone, like you mentioned, Dwayne. And they were just very aggressive all over the place. There was really no urgency from us in the blue and orange tonight. But like Rob mentioned earlier, you got to really be proud of how far this team has come in the last three, four years. And if I'm anyone thinking of anybody looking for a team to play on these last couple of deep playoff runs with the brand new arena long island could be a destination for a lot of free agents in the next couple of years you guys have awesome ownership that's come in as well like i've i think your guys's ownership has really made a huge difference in the direction of the club going forward the arena like all of that like i loved seeing the video and pictures of him out partying with fans and oh, yeah. stuff that's just awesome. out in front like yep that's that's so cool that's, like, that's uh, awesome and yeah when they used to uh go play in brooklyn 
uh, you used to be able to catch Ledecky on the trains with fans, taking the trains to the games and just chatting with them and just hanging out and just being a part of it all. And that's that's really cool to see it. And it's and it's awesome, too. And then, you know, you got John Ledecky's daughter, Katie Ledecky, about to tear it up in the Olympics. So that's really cool as well. Yeah, mm. it's, uh, you know, it's definitely night and day between Islanders ownership and Sabres ownership. That's for sure. I mean, uh <laughs> You know, we, we get quite the opposite where, I mean, yeah, they, they they love to be in the spotlight when it comes to the Bills, but when it comes to the Sabres, it's just the complete polar opposite. You would wonder where the ownership is. Uh, but you guys have a lot to be optimistic about. Um, really nothing to hang your heads about. Obviously, this isn't going to sting. Mm -hmm. But two years in a row, you were there. You were right on the cusp of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you'll be – I think you'll be right back there again next season. Obviously, just make a few moves. And another off season where I think there'll be value. There's value to be had in free agency at a low at team friendly pricing. So you know those moves are definitely gonna be there. One guy I think you should be after that I hope the Buffalo. I mean that I wish Buffalo would go after, but you know currently with the state of affairs in Buffalo, I don't see it happening. Blake Coleman would be a perfect fit on your team. UFA. I could actually see the Islanders go after Blake Coleman because. We lose Casey Zekas this year. Who knows if we're going to re-sign Casey. So that could be a destination for Long Island also. 100%. Cats, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, we have a very There's tight cap situation. We have a lot of things to figure out before thinking about adding on a few new players. Um, you know, we got Beauvillier looking to get re-signed. We have Ily Sorokin looking to get re-signed. Uh, we got the expansion draft coming up. Who are we going to lose and to what and how? And a lot of things that need to get put in place before thinking about who are we going to bring onto this roster. Yeah, but, I mean, you're also assuming that you're bringing everybody back. You're probably going to lose some salary here or there. And I, Blake Coleman looks like a guy who's probably going to, what, take home probably around 4 to $5 million a season. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he probably gave himself a little bit of a raise in pay. But, again, it's a stagnant cap. Guys like him aren't going to get as much money on the open market as they would on a, in a normal free agency landscape. So there's definitely going to be some value in some of these contracts that he signed. They're going to be very team friendly. Uh, now, he might if he has two rings. That's true. If he's got back to back <laughs> rings, that's true. There's going to be 31 general man, 32 general managers all wanting to sign Blake Coleman. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think Buffalo is going to be anywhere near in the running for that. You know, and I love the I love the game he plays. It's such a hard nose, in your face style. He's physical. He can score. He'll put his face in front of pucks to block shots. It's just you. There's nothing that you. There's nothing to dislike about Blake Coleman's game. What is the Islanders' plan? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you currently have sixteen thousand dollars of cap space going into next year. Currently, correct. Um, yeah, you're definitely right. But I'm thinking we, we lose one of our big contracts to Seattle, hopefully. Um, so that's just clear up four to five mil. Um, hopefully, we maybe buy out Leo Komarov or possibly buy out Andrew Ladd because we definitely. The three people we need to sign are Sorokin, Pellage, and Beauvillier. We, we don't have a team if we don't have those three players on our team next season. So it's definitely something that Lou Lamorello is going to have to figure it out. And if he could possibly re-sign Palmieri, I mean, this team could be pretty good next year. But Lou Lamorello has a lot of work to do, and hopefully he's not going to be sleeping. 
Is it really yeah. that much work to do, though? Like, look at look at the Islanders in the past few years in the postseason. They're kind of like knocking on the door. They're getting closer and closer each time. You don't really want to change too much in that dynamic. You want to find maybe a small piece here or there, but essentially, like, the, we're talking about the Islanders, right? Yes. Because yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Buffalo, and I'm like, this does not work for Buffalo. Sorry. But, um, yeah. yeah, like, I think you, you might want to ride it out another year. Like, some things yeah. take a little bit longer to build. Rome wasn't built in a day. So. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, look, look what it, look what it took for the Capitals to win that one cup. Look what it took Tampa to win that one cup. They kept that core team for years and years, and they added those little bits and pieces to add some spice, and it worked, and it clicked, and then they move on from there. You know. Yeah. I think another year, and then yeah, maybe after that, start thinking of what you got to change. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there just to see what you guys think on this because <laughs> I, I'm not gonna throw out a trade proposal or anything, oh. but I think with Seattle expanding, there's an opportunity to dump Lad, and for Islanders, they're in win now mode. Like you're right on the doorstep, you've been there twice in a row. Moving Lad would clear up so much cap space for you to be able to re-sign the guys that you need to re-sign and potentially add, like Jennifer said, like one more piece, maybe a depth piece that can help uh, in case of injuries. Because uh, like with Anders Lee gone, that that really hurt you guys in this series. But I would like if I'm Lou Lamorello, I'm not scoffing too hard at any uh, any cost uh to get rid of andrew ladd to seattle because you're in it to win it now and it's obviously a late first oh do they no they don't even have they have a second round pick though well, they, they could always yeah they could do like a second and a, a future or next first. year's first yeah like something like that. that of course yeah. um I like to me like, like that'd be such a smart move i don't sorry. Even think, sorry i don't even think we have to I don't think we have to go outside the team to be able to get help. If we can, if we're able to re-sign the three players, the three young guys, like I said, Pellich, Sorokin, and Bo, and we get Andres Lee back at the beginning of the year, and if we're able to re-sign um, Palmieri, that, that team is going to be set with the first line of, I mean, we'll probably lose Everlay or Bailey, but we'll have Wallstrom, we'll have Wallstrom playing all 82 games next season. And if we get Palmieri, I mean, this team is going to be even better than we were this season to make a far run with our captain back. Yeah, I would agree. I think, like, I was worried about you guys after you guys lost Devon Taves um, because he was just such a huge part of your guys' blue line the first run. But, I mean, Pelic is phenomenal. Like, I was just blown away by him. Yeah, I'm just this, blown away by their entire like, blue line. Yeah, if we're going to lose was... anybody on the blue line in the expansion draft or at all, you can go ahead and you can sign me a check for Nick Letty because this these last two series, he just looked like his wires were crossed and just absolute dog water. I don't know what was wrong with him these last couple of games, but his head just wasn't there. And Scott Mayfield picked it up tenfold. Didn't play that well during the regular season, but when it mattered, he was there. And that's those are the like these are the times where coaches reevaluate players that are on the brink of their contracts or they're looking to add, you know, value or cap space. Oh, shoot, we lost them. Lost them both. Lost them both. They've been eliminated. They've been eliminated. <laughs> Did Tampa take them? Tampa what happened? took them. He'll yeah. um, be back here in a second. <laughs> but, no, he made, he made a great point about Nick Letty. Uh, he definitely mm -hmm. didn't look like the same uh, guy we've seen, uh, especially at the 
from the start of the playoffs. But I, I've been just impressed by their blue line as a whole, man. You, you, they were deep. They were competitive every single night. They were uh, they created a lot of offense. I mean, I know that's created a lot of offense is a weird thing to say when it comes to a New York Islanders hockey team. But, um, yeah, I... Opportunistic, I've, right? Yeah, I, exactly. And I've, I've definitely watched that blue line and just been extremely jealous, especially, like you said, after they lost Hayes. Like you were kind of worried there because he's what he was an integral part, but they didn't miss a beat. New York was good. They, a lot of people complain about how boring their style was, but me as a coach myself, I kind of like that, you know. Um, and I call it color by or paint by numbers. Essentially, it's basic style hockey, and it worked for them. You know, they had teams coming at them more physical, but they still got through it. I mean, at the end of the day, New York was a good, solid team. Not the most exciting to watch, sure. But, I mean, scrums and fights don't win hockey games necessarily. You know what I mean? It's playing smart. And I, I enjoyed watching them, to be honest. I was kind of hoping to watch Vegas knock them out in the Stanley Cup final. But <laughs> I think not on the Habs wagon, are you? Not on the Habs uh, wagon? Not on the Habs wagon? I am now. Okay. Okay. But I, At I least you're deep, here I now. I love yeah. for Marc-Andre Fleury. So, you know, loyalty Fair enough. goes. Yeah. He's like yeah, the most likable guy in hockey, isn't he? Not like Mar- <laughs> I mean, you, he's up can, there. He's definitely up there with Joe Thornton for sure. Like, how can you just? How can you not like Flower? He's like, such a good guy too. Like, yeah. insanely good teammate. Like, even Robin Leonard has come around and really, you know, made a believer out of a lot of uh, like out of Vegas market hockey fans. Like, I've, I've always liked Robin Leonard. I, I hated mm. the fact that. Things didn't work out with him here in Buffalo. I loved his intensity. I loved the type of competitor he was. Um, you know, and now his social media presence just keeps growing and growing, and fans have kind of latched onto that. I'm a big Robin Leonard fan and always have been, but I have a flower jersey from uh, their inaugural season with Vegas in my closet right now. And I just like, I just, he's a goalie that you just want to get behind, you know, and it sucks. Yeah the way that series ended for him because, you know, you put everything on flower that for this entire playoff. The guy, he isn't young anymore. He's not 25 he's not years old. old. Though. And I mean, it, oh, he's he old. came back. He came back from death. <laughs> you got to understand in Pittsburgh, he lost his fizzle. Like his everything was gone. And then he came back and was resurrected as this amazing goaltender again. I really think DeBoer made a mistake by playing Leonard. I think, you know, that they would have had a better chance. That's not what this is about. Our Islanders boys are back. Do you uh, think they're able to bring both back next year? <laughs> What's that? Do you think they're able to bring both of those goalies back next year, or do you think they have to trade one of them? I mean, I'd like to see Flower back in Pittsburgh. I know that's not going to happen necessarily next year. They could um, sure use them again. With both. I think it'd be good to run with both. There's good, there's you know, good dynamic there. But you never know, right? When something doesn't work, everybody wants to change everything. You know. <laughs> well, I, I, I hate being cap guy, but it seems like it's the role I'm filling right now because both of these teams, like, literally, are over the cap next year, or you know, sixteen thousand dollars under, with you know some key pieces to sign. Right. So, as nice as it would be to run it back, unfortunately, they just literally can't. But aging players, they will take a pay cut. We've seen it to play with a team they want to play with. So, Flurry's got one more year at seven million. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's still oh, under that's the trick. If he was a free agent, Vegas is laughing because then they go sign Vegas him. Vegas has to do anything. I think maybe. I mean, if anything, they might want to look at a different coach. My, my my style of watching hockey, like when I watch performance on the ice, like I go right to the coach as a coach myself. So I'm thinking, like, what did DeBoer do wrong? You know, it's similar to what did um, 
what's his name do wrong? Sheldon Keith for the Leafs. Like a lot of that loss had to do fell in his hands. You know, he didn't ha- he didn't handle his team properly. So I think the same thing. If anything, Vegas has a good team. Four seasons in, and they've made it to the first, third, twice, and Stanley Cup final. Like, come on, don't fix what's oh, yeah. not broke, right? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I completely agree. Um, so you know, rounding off here, we're obviously going to get. Uh, I do. I did. I do want to get into a little Jack Eichel talk. But, you know, I know I want to give Dewey his, his closing thoughts here um, before he gets kicked out again um, or eliminated. But uh, Dewey Crocs, it's been a long season, lots of ups, lots of – actually, not even a long season. It's only, you know, hasn't been a long season. It was a shortened season. But, you know, it's been a very uh, unprecedented season, to say the least. You know, give us your thoughts on the season as a whole and the way it ended. You know, that that was a lot of hockey in a short amount of time, and it was great because not even us as fans were able to, like, sleep and take it in because it was just happening bang, 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 you know, one day off and then the game or, you know, back-to-backs. And, and you know, the league went through what it went through, and then, you know, once the team started to get fans back and everyone started to feel a little bit more better about where they were, but for, for the Islanders, it was always just status quo, just stick to the system and you'll get there. And the system that they play, it's a very defensive system for the regular season. And then in the playoffs, that boring hockey isn't so boring anymore because that's what you have to do to those teams. You, you did it against Pittsburgh. You did it against Boston. And you really almost did it against Tampa. And those are two, three very impressive teams throughout the league with a ro- very deep rosters. And these last couple of playoff runs as a fan really – re-energize my fandom for the team you know i've been a big fan since you know i when i really started understanding hockey in the early 2000s and those were some really bad times for the isles but ever since i moved back home to new hampshire it's been isles 24 7 and i i love it and i really can't wait to see what they do here with belmont i can't wait to get in there and it's just all eyes on the islanders next season and once we get back to the regular season we'll just be everyone's team to just not want to be talked about. No one wants to respect the Isles during the regular season, and we'll just prove people wrong, and we'll see you guys in the conference finals again. <laughs> I love that. I Islanders love that. are for real, man. They're here. I love that swagger, man. I do, you know, I, you know, especially when the whole New York Saints thing happened and how that took off. That was fucking awesome. That was I'm wearing unbelievable. The, I'm, I'm wearing this shirt right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> the fact that that took off the way it did, and they were just, Shout like, out, shoved yes, it right back Islanders. in his face, like, screw off, man. We're the New York Saints, baby. And even the New Orleans Saints of the NFL got on board with it. Yeah, that was that, fantastic. That was great. That was awesome. And, it, you know, we're, we're a wild bunch, and we really are, and it really was an opportunity of a lifetime for the Islanders to make it to the Stanley Cup final with the last season at the Barn and how nostalgic. It, it is and all that and that place will always be home i grew up watching hockey games there i grew up missing second periods because of how long the bathroom lines were i remember the leaking roofs i remember everything about that place i grew up watching island hockey there and i can't wait for the new generation of fans to enjoy a brand new arena next season along with the rest of the league and myself i can't wait yeah well I'm congratulations on a hell of a season I, uh, I took you guys at the beginning of the playoffs at plus seventeen hundred, so I am also crushed tonight. Uh, I took them at plus fifteen when I get when I saw them, so I was close. We we were close. 
So close. Should have so cashed close. out. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I know you guys try to suck me into it. Uh, you know, we, we were going to talk a little Jack Eichel. You know, you're trying to suck me into it, but I'm willing, I'm willing to get sucked into it. So we haven't heard anything on the Jack Eichel front yet. Sam Reinhardt, grass is still lying in. Have a good um, night, boys. I'll talk to you guys soon. Always a pleasure, cats. Always a pleasure. Have a good one, boys. Um, you're gonna you're gonna suck me into it for just a little bit here. Um, you know, Darren Drager, I think I believe was on with WGRF today for the Instigators, and you know, it was less shock and awe when it came to Jack Eichel. There wasn't a lot of talk, you know, talk about kind of tended like. I mean, does he have to be traded right now? No, he doesn't have to be traded right now. Whereas a week ago, it was like so imminent. It was happening. Like it, it's going to happen. Now it seems like maybe those waters have calmed down a little bit. I don't know what to think of that. Um, but I do, I have accepted, you know, you know, I, I'm in the stages of like this, you know, you know, Please. sadness, this overall sadness as a Sabres fan of just accepting the fact that Jack Eichel won't be a Buffalo Sabre next year. I've, I've come to accept it finally. Um, you know, and I've had some fun throwing around trade ideas, starting with you guys too, you know. Um, you know, where do you guys, you know, where do you guys see him ending up? Because I know that Vegas rumor came around today. We talked about it earlier. You know, where do you see Jack Eichel playing, uh, you know, I think it's his seventh professional season uh, next year? Well, you know, the Vegas one is interesting. And, and of course, I, I, I think it's interesting for Jack Eichel, but I also think it's actually a really interesting target for Sam Reinhardt. Uh, just because, again, as Jennifer's pointed out, they're pretty damn close. So I don't know if you really want to dismantle the they're team. They're like best that. friends almost. Yeah. Like it would. Yes, uh, I've heard they're very close as well. Uh, and, and again, now again, if you could somehow bundle the two of them together, that would be insane. But I don't know if, you know, again, you're more or less doing a Gretzky trade there with, you know, just you know, a, a list of, of players going back the other way. So I, I don't know if any team really has the assets to do both of them. So, again, that's why I tune my, you know, turn my sights to Sam. Uh, and and that, was, that was the t- uh, little thing that came up there, uh, bringing oh, up Alex nice. Tuck, because that was the guy that I'm, you know, thinking that the Sabres should, you know, heavily target, you know, Dwayne being the key that he doesn't have a no movement clause. Uh, and comes in and can play on you know a, a top right line uh, wing, and then again, of course, also get Cody Glass, and then the first round pick. He's from the, the area too. Overall. Alex Tuck is from the area, right? So I mean, I think yeah. it'd be easier to convince him, even if again, even though he doesn't have a no trade clause, like I think he'd be less angry about coming to Buffalo just based off the fact that like he's closer to family. And now I save this for the end, not to upset Jennifer, but then the other thing is I think that they should also see if Marc-Andre Fleury would wave to go to Buffalo. No. Nope. Because I don't know if they have the cap. I, you know, again, he, he very well may not. And, and of course, then it's a dead I issue. I could see him going somewhere, number. but not to Buffalo. Totally fair, right? Yeah. Um, but, again, of course, that is the cap dump that <laughs> Vegas needs and, of course, gives you that extra goaltender and a real culture carrier and, of course, replaces that leadership that you – you know, eventually also lose when you trade Jack Eichel. So I was just wondering, of course, if uh, you thought about that one at all. Uh, Flurry. I mean, I'd love to see him in a Sabres uniform. I, I think he would look phenomenal in blue and gold, especially with his pad, his, his pad set, his equipment set up. Those over pads the years. would be unreal. I, I, that may, that may, that may matter to him. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that alone is just worth, you know, trying to find a way to get him into that deal. But 
I just don't see him wanting to come to Buffalo. He is 36 yeah. years old, I believe. And if he's he were, is he no. older than that? No, I want to say he's 30, 35 36. or 36. He's 35, I think. I should yeah. know that. Hey, uh, he's right around that age, and you know whether he's staying in Vegas or he's, if he's if he does accept the trade somewhere else, he wants to go somewhere That's where it. he has a chance at one last cup. You know, because totally you know fair. time's running out. And that might be Vegas, though. I'm not saying. Oh, it definitely could be Vegas. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It could be Vegas. And, but, and, and I think, and you know, to me, up until that flurry moment, that he's 36. was the, yeah, serious decider. Uh, I think that that would have been the move is to move out Leonard, uh, you know, this off season and ride with Flurry and then figure out the goaltending situation and you know after the the next season. Uh, but how it finished, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know if uh, they do want to go back. But again, I, unfortunately, you know, like absolutely, if they could just run it back with their current team, that that is the option. But they're already over the salary cap, so I just they literally can't. Is is, oh. is what is? Sorry, like don't ignore, ignore my ignorance here, Dwayne, but. <laughs> Is Buffalo's problem really roster or is uh, it, you know, it, it, something you got to look at the talent they've had over the years and they can't put it together. Jack, I mean, he's a phenomenal player and I, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a complete <laughs> jack off, jack off. Look at me. I, okay. Calm down, Jen. I think yeah, Buffalo swear, needs to start looking it. in the front office before they start trickling down to the roster because you look at these players and you can put together any of Am I upsetting you? Right I'm so now. sorry. You're teasing me. You're teasing me. No, no, you're fine. Because everybody knows what my I guess we can call it my stick. You know, when I where I think I your play. owners are idiots and I think that they need to like find someone <laughs> that might that might like hockey more that will actually kind of put time time, you know. I mean, I I, I, I I feel like such an asshole right now. No, you're not. Listen. You've had so many good players over the you years, and it's like, why are you? It's kind of like look at not to the extent of, but look at Edmonton. I mean, they should be doing a lot better than they are with McDavid. Like he's a generational player Two who MVPs. can't, you know, help make his team better, like Sidney Crosby can. But I mean, Buffalo just. Is it something in the water? I'm just two hours north, so don't hate me. I don't know where you are, but I'm in Toronto. And it's like, what's going on, Buffalo? Like, why can't you make Jack happy? He's a player you want to make happy. Listen, why can't you get Jack off? She is barking up my tree. She's, ru she's rubbing my belly in all the right ways. My life is ticking right now. Oh, my God. Listen, 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 listen. Uh, Wayne wants them to buy right now. He starts, wants them to buy all in. Absolutely yeah. starts at the top, <laughs> without a doubt. Don't get me wrong. The onus has to be on the players. But listen, you've since they've bought in this hockey team, they are on the, their fifth head coach, their fourth general manager. How is any roster supposed to have sustained success with that kind of turnover at those positions within the organization? They oh, haven't been able to get it right. They yeah. haven't been able to get it right. They got it right with one swing at the Bills. They got lucky. And you want to know what? This city would be ready to run them out of town right now if they didn't get lucky with the Buffalo Bills because the hiring of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean takes a ton of pressure off, of the, off them as owners because they can let the football people they hired to make football decisions make the football decisions. Whereas with hockey, it's not, excuse me, it's not like that so much. You don't have a president of hockey operations. The president of the team is Kim Pagula, a woman who has zero experience. Again, this isn't me trying to, like, I, I'm, I, I know I'm on my soapbox all the time, but the woman has no experience in running a, franch, a sports franchise. You have none whatsoever. 
like, yikes, hire hockey people to make hockey decisions. I don't understand. So, or people that like sports more than money, maybe start there. Like they'll, you can pay them cheap because they're happy to be there. But I, I this is why I like Mark. Sorry to interrupt. No, this is why on. I like Mark Andre Fleury so much for the Sabres if they can make it work. Right? Uh, it's not happening because over it. <laughs> I, I know, but like if you can sell it to him, like you know what you can do again for another franchise is take them from another garbage feeder. There's a, like look at the pieces here. What we need is a guy who knows how to win and, and it can take us there. Because of course the goaltending hasn't exactly been spectacular, and that really hurts. Uh, you know, team that's trying to get out I of the think, I think Dwayne hit it on the head, like when he said how there's been such a turnover with the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah. Chemistry isn't just on the ice. Chemistry mm-hmm. is with your with your coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna get the best out of your out of your players if you give the best of yourself. You know, and you, that doesn't just happen in five minutes. It's like some of my Calgary Flame fans friends had to slow that down. They're all like up in arms over, you know, Sutter and this and that. And I hate the Kings. I was a Sharks fan 2014. I'm still not over it, but um, you got to give them a little bit of a chance. So like in Buffalo, how, how do you do that when you're, you know, you've got your coaches out of the water flopping around like a fish. You got to give them some time. It's important. Well, so, Ralph Kruger, Ralph Kruger was possibly one of the worst coach hire coaching hires we, you've ever seen in the history of this franchise, you know, and, it, you hired a guy who, yeah, he was a player coach, but he also had been away from the game for over a decade. The guy hadn't coached since pre-lockout, and I, it just seemed his style of coaching, it just really neutered the best qualities of this hockey team, which was just the, offense, the offensive capabilities of guys like Jack Eichel, Rasmus Dahlin, who is, you know, is expected still to be a, you know, a defensive prodigy, you know, it, it, it's, you know, he neutered that about this team and he tried to play the shutdown defensive style hockey when you don't have the personnel to play that type of style. You want to play some run and gun hockey, you know, high offensive, high offensive skills. You bury Jeff Skinner on your third and fourth line. Like you're paying him $9 million a season. He's just, he just got two seasons ago scoring 40 goals on Jack Eichel's wing. And the first thing you do is take him away from Jack Eichel and then when it didn't work on the second line with Marcus Johansson as your your second line center, who doesn't even play center, he doesn't even play center. You bury him on your third and fourth line, and then you, and then you you scratch him. Oh, I wonder why it's his own fault. Like no, dude, it's your fault. He he's a five on five goal scorer. Put him where he belongs with your elite center. And it was just like I can't. You know, I I think they fired him for the twelve or thirteen straight losses. But honestly, he should have been gone well before that when this team really started to fall apart after they got back from their COVID, uh, their COVID break. Well, and, and Jennifer, you'll attest to this. When you're a coach, you coach, like you, you bring in players in the offseason that fit your style, but you also have to tailor your style to the players that you already have. And for Ralph Kruger to come in and try to play a shutdown type style with guys like Ristolainen who are not shut down defensemen at all. Like they're, they're much more run and gun. They like to be up and push the pace. Uh, Jack Eichel, like to relegate him to any sort of defensive system is so absurd. You have to, you have to fit um, you, and mold your system to the personnel that you have. And, and I thought Granado did an awesome job 
uh, at the end of the season to kind of curve a lot of the issues uh, just by adapting a system to the personnel that you guys have. And I mean, there's definitely a lot of personnel issues and player issues that you have, a lot of holes in the lineup, but uh, you got to play a style that actually fits. And um that Until was, that you have to give it some time. Step. It's it's so yeah. important. You have to give them a little bit of time. Nothing happens overnight. And I mean, <laughs> like threw up in the back. <laughs> I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, you should be more concerned about making your stars happy. And I don't know, Buffalo. Like I I mean, I'm unemployed right now. I can help you out. Call me. <laughs> I actually like that for a chant in the arena next year. I don't know, Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. nobody knows, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> My dog was being a little dramatic. He loves sitting outside at night. He'll lay out there all night, but he's barking his brains out to come back inside. Uh, and, and, and to dip out there for Got a second. No. Uh, yes, yeah, Siberian Husky. He's, uh, That's awesome. So yeah, let me see if I can get him to come up here. Come here. I can't hear me, but I'm like, come here, boy. <laughs> what a dog, dog appearance. Oh, he man. actually has his own Twitter account. When the rant went viral and everything, somebody <laughs> made a Dom the Dog fan account on Twitter. That's you amazing. It. Yeah. And he, he tweets <laughs> from you it. know you made I, it, right, Dwayne? Mind you, I have no clue who this person is. Hand to God, <laughs> no idea who this person is. But it's he your controls burner. A, he controls a Twitter account that belongs essentially to my dog. I had no idea dogs could tweet. I know, right? Look I'm looking that up later. I want to. I want to yeah, like follow Dom this the account. dog UFA or something like that. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> I do have to run though, guys. I just wanted to pop on. I thought you were. Yeah, I gotta run face. in here too. But this is uh, awesome. No, guys, uh, we'll sign off right now. Then, real quick, uh, you know, again, thanks for uh, joining on with us. Uh, again, this has been episode uh, 66 of Two Goalies on Mike. Closing thoughts here. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're gonna have Tampa Bay. Uh, trying to make uh, a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion champion run here against the uh, underdog Montreal Canadiens, and it's been uh, it's been a fun playoff, uh, a lot of hockey. Um, we got lucky here, knock on wood, with nothing COVID-related to uh, really put a damper on this. Um, but with all that being said, real quick, real real quick roundtable predictions for the for the finals. Uh, we'll start with Sean. Montreal in, in seven. Montreal in seven, going the full distance. That's good for the NHL. Uh, we'll go to we'll go to Jennifer. I mean, Montreal has to win, or their fans are going to burn the city down. So they might either let's go way. Montreal in <laughs> yeah, seven. You know what? Montreal in seven, six or seven. I'm I'm going to have to I think help my friend in Montreal out uh, and say Tampa in five. Uh, in part because, again, I don't want this whole, well, hey, look, you know, if you just have to make the playoffs and that anything can happen narrative, especially here in Vancouver, that I'm legitimately feared about due to our general manager and owner. So for that reason, I think I'm going Team Dynasty in Tampa Bay. Team Dynasty in Tampa Bay. needs to be squashed because that is so disrespectful to Montreal. Like, Montreal is a legit, a very, very good team. But Sean, it's, you know that's the narrative that's going to come, right? I, oh, I know. I, I agree. It's so Montreal, stupid. They, they didn't just squeak team. in. They're a good team. They were a very good team. 
They were very not deserved good to team. Be what are you talking about? They barely made the playoffs, and then they just had more heart than any other player. On the, no, no, no. Hear me they out. They were a very out. good team. I'm getting in trouble for being loud. They were not a good team. We're fighting. They were not a good team. They eased in, but they, they're a better playoff team, and Carey Price played lights out. There's two different sports here. You've got regular season hockey. You've got playoff hockey. I agree. Totally the only issues out. that they had were three on three overtime and shootouts. That's where they struggled in the regular playoff season. Comes to they heart. dominated in five on five play, and that's all yeah, playoffs are five on five. They have the pieces that you need to win a Stanley Cup team. I don't know how many teams, if there are, there are not many that don't have two stud centermen, a franchise D, and incredible goaltending when they win a Stanley Cup. Since the lockout, if there are any, they're, they're one or two. Yeah. Yep, now it's best out best out of seven. Uh, you know, this again in, in situations like this, it very well could come down to goaltending. Uh, who has the better goaltending? I know, I know that's an easy cop out thing to say. It is a cop out, but it's true. It's one hundred percent true. It's so true, and you know, you have possibly the two best goalies in the world. And Vasilevsky and Carey Price going head to head. I mean, for, for my, this podcast is called Two Goalies, One Mike. What better, <laughs> what better ending for us at least could this could it possibly be than Carey Price versus Vasilevsky? You know, Chef's kiss, exactly. And uh, you know, a couple clicks though for the goalies that are here in the uh, in the finals for sure. Because uh, if if Montreal is going to get it done, it has to be this year, right? Carey Price isn't getting any younger. And, you know, that $10 million cap hit isn't getting any easier to swallow. You know, you can't all be like the lightning in the playoffs where you're $19 million of the cap and get away with it. Uh, <laughs> you have you have to find a way here to win this if you're Montreal. Because, like you said, they might burn the city down if you don't. Even though, you know, they're kind of lucky to be there to begin with. I think it's uh, happening no matter what. If they win, <laughs> Montreal's on fire. If they lose, Montreal's on fire. You, <laughs> like... ever, see, you ever see the movie Semi-Pro? Yeah. Yeah. It's like after the uh uh what was the what did they call the last game again? Uh oh shoot, I know this too. Um what what, what was the city they were oh, the Flint the Flint Megabowl. The Flint yes. Megabowl. After the Flint Megabowl, they win to get fourth place and they're tipping over cop cars and shit all over. <laughs> <laughs> they're losing their mind, even though they really didn't win anything to begin with. <laughs> like it was it'll be like that. Absolutely just Cop That's Montreal's favorite movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's going to be fantastic. But you they've, know, already regardless... they've already tipped a police car just to get to the Stanley Cup final. They've, <laughs> they've already won, flipped a the car. And they're trashing the city. It's like, yeah. what, what, what happened? Hey, easy Vancouver. I mean, I know you get excited. I know. Well, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like maybe people are planning on rioting whether or not they win or lose, eh? Maybe it's a planned riot, not really anything to do well, with the like hockey Twitter. game. People just want, people just want oh, something. Okay. To, they just want to cause problems. It's like that It's like, It's like. like that one yep. quote from The Dark Knight uh, from Alfred. It's like, when he when he was questioning, you know, why why people do the things they do, it's like some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's really what it is. You know, there, it's there nothing about sports. There. It's all about watching. There are the fans. There yeah. are fan, There are fans in Montreal who are going to be there, win or lose, ready to throw Molokov cocktails. And, like yeah, you know, with, like with a brand new Canadian jersey on. It's just going to yeah, be. They just it's just that gonna, day. It, yeah. an excuse and an excuse to get rowdy and like. I remember when the Eagles finally, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, they were preemptively knowing that they were going to lose their mind. They were putting, like, 
grease all over the telephone poles and the and stuff I like that, that because they knew people were going to climb telephone poles. They were trying to grease That's them brilliant. up. Yeah, like the, the Raptors parade. People were actually doing that. Oh, the Raptors yeah. parade was nuts. That was. Uh, I wish I was in Toronto? Toronto for that. No, I were in Vancouver. We I wish know, I was there for that because that was wild. We don't know much about parades here in Buffalo, unfortunately. So. <laughs> Neither do we well, in Montreal Vancouver. Montreal hasn't been to the finals since they won <laughs> unless, it in '93, so it's going to be chaotic. Unless yeah, the Blue Jays, sure. unless the Blue Jays win a World Series here in Buffalo, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do That's we do? Shot. <laughs> uh, do we still have that picture? Could. So, we still have that picture. Hold on. All right, I got to run. This is awesome. Enjoy right. yourselves, everyone. Have a great night. We'll <laughs> sign off on that. Right there. That's beautiful. I love that you just have that on standby. And then we saw your baseball team. That's okay. When's the last championship you won? Exactly. In 1967, though. We're, so we're just going to, like, brag I'm about that. I'm not a Leafs fan. Uh, oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah, we we, we we have zero. We have zero championships. I know. Again. Us, we're talking about professional lacrosse, indoor lacrosse, and we have a couple there. but Yeah, unless no, you that, count the CFL. Yeah, we've got, we've that, got doesn't, that doesn't get you yeah. indoor lacrosse doesn't get you a parade. It gets you like you know. <laughs> it they, might might, they mention they mention it in the, in the local newspaper. That's about it. <laughs> they're they're really really proud of you. That's that's yeah. what it ends up at. So before before we run into the same situation we had last time, we had these uh, had you on Sean. Sign off on this. Uh, my prediction is I'm going to take Tampa in six, just because I just think that team's too good. Hopefully, uh, I mean, I know Kucherov played tonight. He won't be 100%, but he'll, you know, have a few days to rest his body and get ready for, you know, the the, fi- the the finals against the Habs. That team is just so good. It's just so good and so built to win a championship. Um, and I've always, you know, I have, personally, I can't root for the Canadians just because last year I sent out a tweet that I refused to delete about Carey Price and that, you know, Montreal will never win a Stanley Cup if they're paying their goalie $10 million a year. So I have to stick to that. So I can't. I can't go again. I can't. I, you know. I can't change my mind on that because I'm so against overpaying goaltenders. So, um, and I think I Vasilevsky, mean, is he getting paid that much more than Vasilevsky, though? Yeah, but you know, again, nineteen million dollars over the <laughs> yeah. But look at his yeah. resume. Huh? Look at his resume. His hockey. His professional and and amateur Harry hockey Price. resume. Look Harry at it. Price? Yes, over Vasilevsky. Oh wait. There's the one thing that Vassy has, though. Yeah, a Stanley Cup. At the time he shit his pants? (laughs) With a ring on his finger? you're talking about in a half season. A half season, right. Right, a half season he won the cup. I mean, it's still still a win. I'm not going to go up. Nobody's going to chirp my price. It's still going to cut. I'm not chirping price. Don't get me wrong. I think Gary Price is one of the best goalies in the world. You know, top three. It's just when you're building a team – for me personally, it doesn't make sense to overpay a goaltender. You build in front of your goaltender. And that's really the most important position on the team. Yeah, I would say I would say franchise center. Before Two goalies and a mic. Who's the goalie here? Uh, right here. I, 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 don't, I disagree. Here. We, had, we had the best goalie in the world, the best goalie that ever lived for how many years, and it got us nowhere, didn't it? We got to the finals once with him. Hashik. Hashik. Dominic He's Hashik. his favorite goaltender of all time. Huh? Nothing. So, you know, we you know, it got us nowhere. You need to build in front of your goaltender. It's improving. Johnny Quick was, you know, I, is I got to bounce goal. out here. Sorry, guys. Well, me and her is going to keep arguing. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> All right, let's go. I have like two more minutes in me. Let's go. Yeah, listen, you, you, listen, you have, you have Johnny Quick who wasn't always, you know, an, you know, uh, you know, a goalie who 
went out and won Vezina trophies. He was a great playoff goaltender, but I wouldn't put him in the upper echelon of goaltenders. He just turned it on in the playoffs. I wouldn't say he was elite. I wouldn't say that Crawford was elite. He's got two cups. Antti Niemi has a cup. Uh, last year, Ant- uh, Anton Kadobin got to the finals. You know, guy out of nowhere. Um, even Mark Andre Filler, who I love, don't get me wrong, I think he, he should be in the in the co- in the conversation for Hall of Fame. But early on, like he had a phenomenal team in front of him. Look at the team he had in front of him. Yeah, like, I'm aware. You know, Chris Osgood was Chris Osgood an elite goaltender? No, he wasn't. But how many cups does that yeah, guy yeah, have? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Because he had an okay, elite okay. team in front of him. You build in front of your goaltender. Still- I think I still think it's important that you have a good starting goaltender. I mean, oh, like, I'm not disagreeing. Coming at off all. Of Pittsburgh's with two backup goaltenders, you why didn't we make it through round one? You because can't, we, you, can't, you can't you can't win with garbage and that absolutely not. But I think you really handcuff your team in the long run when you pay. Okay, again, look at Florida. Bobrovsky is making ten million dollars a year. Now he didn't even start in the. He wasn't even their full time starter in the playoffs. Spencer Knight and Dreiser started over him. He lost his job twice. So you're twice. a goalie, right? You're a goalie. Hundred percent, I'm a goalie. Yeah, you I, know I, how I, hard I, it is to be a goalie and have that pressure on you. But there's also oh, absolutely. there's absolutely. also an element that you that goalies give that's not just on the ice. It's that composure and it's that confidence oh. and it's that faith in your team. Absolutely. So when you're looking for a goalie, you want someone that has the composure on the ice that can still keep that composure on a, after a loss off the ice. That is what you pay for. So for me, still at this point, I've never played goalie except for like on the street. Yeah, goalies are important, and you want to treat them good, just like you should well, be treated. You, 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 but paying your goalie six six and a half million dollars is you're still treating them fairly. Um, I, I just again, you would you work harder? Would you work better? Would you work better if you were getting paid more? Would you give a little extra? If, you, if you're not going to work as hard, if you're not going to work as hard to win because you're making a few million dollars less than you think you should, but I don't want you on my hockey team, plain and simple. Well, no, um, of course. Then you're not playing for the crest on the front. No, you're not. And it, but you, you even said it, what, 20 minutes ago, that Montreal didn't deserve to be there. They got lucky. But now that they're in there, and again, you know, once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. But would that money be better spent for sustained success, you know, long, you know, more sustained playoff runs in the future – if you're spending that money on more pieces to your roster and still no, having a great I can build a team. I can build a team with smaller pieces. I just need the right coach that's going to handle them and man- yeah, manage I mean, them better. So, yes, for me as a coach, I, I'm I just, looking at my goaltender. I'm going to stand I just firm on that. I just can't agree with paying a goaltender that kind of money. And I think that's going to really hurt. Again, I know it's a small market. It's a garbage market down in Florida. But how, like, you're going to see, you're going you're to pay Bobrovsky $10 million a season to sit on your bench? Not, not, no. That's an untradeable contract. An but untradeable he's, not, contract. he's not the type of player that I would pay that much for. Like, there's other, like, I mean, but, but this that, is a whole are, other episode, that, and I'm losing time here, and I'm. Yeah, oh, 100%. But let's they, but this, on this. Another time, we'll do a little goalie one-on-one. I'd love to. Absolutely. Uh, but, again, like, again, that's what they're paying, and chances are Spencer Knight's your starting goalie next year. You know, Dreger's out the door. He's a UFA. So, uh, with that being said, uh, thanks again, Jenna, for joining us. Thanks, Sean, Malcolm, Katz, and Rob for coming on with us to, for this live reaction of uh, Game 7, Tampa Bay advancing past the New York Islanders. one nothing in dramatic New York Islanders fashion. Unexciting hockey. But, hey, it got them, it got them to the Game 7 of the Conference Finals. So, you know, how can, how can Islanders fans be disappointed? Uh, with that being said, this is episode 66 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. 
you know, Twitter, Facebook, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on all of it. So, and make sure you go to manscaped.com. 20% off when you use the code word trainwreck, T-R-A-I-N-W-R-E-C-K. 20% off your entire purchase, plus free shipping. Get yourself a lawnmower 3.0 for all your shaving needs. It's waterproof. You can use it in the shower if you're, if you're in a hurry on a hot date. Got to use it quick. Uh, and it's got a built-in flashlight for all your edging, uh, making sure you got everything straightened out uh, when you when you trim your beard. So uh, with that being said, again, thanks, Jennifer, for coming on. We will definitely have you on again to continue this goaltending conversation. Uh, but, again, this has been episode 66 of Two Goalies Mike. Two Goalies on Mike, this is our, like, fifth time signing off. Uh, this will be the last time. So you guys enjoy your night, and let's go Tampa Bay.